0: Remember when it seemed like the big news of 2020 would be the presidential election? The Senate impeachment trial is here. Fast moving developments with the coronavirus. A 12th day of demonstrations in dozens of cities. I'm Josh Barrow, host of KCRW's Left, Right and Center. Today, we're bringing you an extra program with something different. A look at how the extraordinary events of 2020 are affecting ordinary people before we even get to November's high stakes election. Instead of a panel discussion, in this special documentary, you'll meet people with different views, living in different places, and with different stakes in politics.
1: I am an avid Trump supporter. I voted for
2: Hillary Clinton. Would have rather voted Sanders. I don't believe in the
3: Democrats or the Republicans.
0: They've been recording their lives and reflecting on how our national politics affects them. This year, everyone is an eyewitness to history. Take a look at 2020 through someone else's eyes. These are their stories.
4: Federal officers are pulling Portland protesters into unmarked vans. If I think
5: back to January, it feels like years.
6: Oh my god, the start of the year feels like a decade ago.
2: TikTok users may well be President Trump's latest adversary. Uh, there's never been
4: a year I ever lived that's been such a big mess.
2: motivated police brutality is
5: a myth. And I just remember being so, so excited for 2020. Like, screaming, like, 2020 is our year. Like, nothing can go wrong. 2020 is my bitch
1: giant asteroid buzzed past That mask
2: is killing people. The 2020, the 2020 Tokyo Olympics will be and is no longer part of Wilson the European
6: contestant. This year has just been <inaudible> strange yeah. and it's rough, and it's not over. It's not over.
0: it's not over. Today, the House Judiciary Committee. It's the President of the United States was willing to, to sacrifice report to report to our, our national, national security. Two articles of impeachment. Here are your headlines for this Wednesday, January 16th. We begin tonight with the solemn turn on the hill today. The Senate impeachment trial is here. The managers from the House, the members of Congress, who will present the two articles of the...
4: Howdy, howdy. How's it going this morning? My name is Sonny Gorman, and I am a uh, small-town business owner. I live in Brownwood, Texas, and I work in May. Y'all trying to stay cool? j h Station is just a little old country burger joint with pizzas. And yeah, we got a little bit of convenience stuff. A little ice cream, sodas, and stuff like that. Ain't uh, that much to us. It's a lot of work. It's just uh, me and my wife. It's a lot of work for a good burger. Uh, it is a real mom and pop store. It's just us two. We don't have employees. I I'm the jalapenos we've been grilling. It is real small. It's, it is uh, real country. We still have them come up on horseback and tractors to the store. Bacon makes everything taste better. If I had to pick one thing for society to be better, is is just raising children, you know, raising the right way. Just simple, yes ma'am, no ma'am, or whatever. You know, teaching your kids to be hard working. And I'm proud to say our kids are hard working. Helping your neighbor, you know, and, and being kind to others. And, and I think that old fashioned respect has gone away, you know.
3: The speaker is Christine Nobis. She has a master's degree in Native American religious studies from the university. My name is Sakawis, which means fierce, and also Christine Nobis, and I'm Plains Salto of the George Gordon First Nation. I am living in Iowa City, Iowa right now, which is home to the Iowa and the Meskwaki and the Dakota people. Before I talk, I'd like to honor all the ancestors that were here before us, uh, before this land was stolen. So I'm just going to take a second. I have a nine-year-old, a three-year-old who's turning four this week. And I have... uh, I have one who passed away and who uh, would be turning 12 this year. They've been going to protests and and events and gatherings, uh, you know, since they were very young. Being born native is a political act. You're born having to, you know, defend yourself from some pretty hostile racism. Indigenous women, children and men are assaulted, abused murdered and go missing. At We're rates still of the in a genocide. Population. We're still like being colonized. We're still fighting for our lives. Some of our tribal nations have murder rates that are 10 times higher than national average. More than 80 percent of the crimes on reservations are perpetuated by non-native men. I just want people to realize like we face this on a daily basis. I don't believe in the Democrats or the Republicans. I don't think either of them, at this point, can make the change that is required. Yeah, This is the, uh, Senate, the Escort. Senate Escort Committee bringing in uh, Chief Justice Roberts into
7: the chamber where he will be sworn in to preside over the impeachment of Donald Trump.
4: I want to know why they feel so strongly as they do to impeach a sitting president. You know, that's a huge deal. It's gotten to where, like, divorces got nowadays, where, ah, oh, it's no big deal, just impeach the president. You've got a president that is successful, and they can't argue the success that he's had in a lot of areas. So, you know what, yesterday, another new record on the Dow? I mean, my goodness, we're doing good on a lot of areas. How much better off could we be if he didn't have so much opposition?
3: I hope that he'll be impeached but at the same time i believe this government is so corrupt the white hetero patriarchy is dying and when you are in your death throes that's when you fight the hardest that's why trump is in power
0: My
7: name is Christopher Briggs. I live in northern Virginia, uh, outside Washington, D.C., about 50 miles in Loudoun County. I am a communications consultant. I'm a traditionalist Roman Catholic. I have not always been. I was a convert from Protestantism back in my college days. I live with my wife and nine children, ages 23 to age 7. We try to pray regularly together, not always successful at that every day as a family. My whole adult life, the time I you know, discovered National Review at age 14, up through my college experience and beyond, into my professional career, I can't tell you how many times I've been called a fascist, a bigot, a racist, a homophobe, and a Nazi for holding views that are none of those things, that are simply within the mainstream of, of the American political tradition and certainly within the Christian tradition of of, uh, of the West. There is a kind of intensity of rhetoric coming from the left towards members of the conservative right that have just been ad hominem, utterly destructive. of. I mean, that's the goal is to destroy you. We finally have a candidate who's willing to kind of do the same thing back. And I find Trump, you know, refreshing in that sense he's willing to kind of push back and call names a little bit is it admirable no but is it understandable yes you know it may be a little bit of a correcting of the balances
1: alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. My and stuff, yeah. okay this
5: actually kind of tastes bad i don't want it anymore i'm just yeah.
7: gonna
5: leave it it's fine okay. it is currently 9:42 p.m and my friend angela and i are now at my house. My name is Nara Kim. I'm a sophomore in high school. I live in Shoreline, Washington. Shoreline is like a suburb of Seattle. It's very like a suburban area. I have a big pet peeve and it's when adults tell kids to grow up but then treat them like children. Literally. I also do a lot of like social and political advocacy. That's kind of like my thing or my entire life at this point. I'm also like a proud American. There's a reason why my parents immigrated here. Oboe is hard and it costs a lot of money and I hate it, but I love it in a way. My parents have just urged me to focus on school and that if I wanted to get some extra cash here and there, I could just work at the restaurant that my parents own. It's a Chinese restaurant, which is funny because they're Korean. They work so much and it just like blows my mind how they managed to do everything. Like I dread growing up, but there's a reason why. It's not like we're looking forward to growing up in a polluted environment where all of our rights are basically taken away because a bunch of old white guys said do something. So I'm really, really like glad that Nancy Pelosi in the House of Representatives put force like the articles of impeachment I don't know. like obviously everyone knows that he won't get removed because the Senate has like a Republican majority but I think it's also just about like the principle we can't let a person who has done so many horrible things and gone against our constitution in so many ways we can't just let him go free you know unscathed
1: Democrats called foul as one after another amendments for new documents to be submitted were voted down today.
7: Look, evangelicals aren't stupid. I'm a traditionalist Catholic. We're not stupid. We know that Donald Trump is a flawed guy and that he has policies we probably don't like, but on the things that matter, he's our guy because he's going to push for them and has. Now, the minute he stops pushing for those things, we'll abandon him. I think he knows that.
0: Good morning.
1: It's Friday. It is January 24th. President Trump became the first sitting president to address the annual March for Life in Washington in person. He spoke to thousands of abortion opponents.
7: So behind every Supreme Court nomination, nothing else matters but abortion. We all know this. And because let's get real about this. I mean, the issue there is, you know, are you cutting out of a woman's womb the moral equivalent of a skin tag or are you cutting into pieces, you know, a human person made in the image and likeness of God. There's no reconciling those two views. So if we nationalize this, we're going to constantly get this politics that is, you know, on the verge of civil war. Emotionally and verbally, we're we're already there. He's put two Supreme Court justices on the bench that we needed, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. And we need a third.
0: Calling
1: witnesses in the president's impeachment trial. Republicans refuse to allow new testimony. So
7: if it turns out that President Trump did, in fact, cross a line and did, in fact, deserve impeachment and gets it. Here's why his people are still going to vote for him. It's because what's behind this fight is actually way more serious than a phone call to the Ukraine. It is literally the definition of who lives and who dies, what the human person is and what is his destiny on this earth and in the next.
4: So you impeach Trump, his vice president gets in there. Ooh, what a big change. So are we are gonna start it all over again? More millions of dollars trying to impeach him too? How much did the Mueller investigation cost? And then rehash it, and then rehash it, and rehash. How much does that cost? They're wasting a ton of money for what? What are we gonna get out of it? It won't help any orphans, won't help any poor families and everything else that are struggling. You know, when we grew up, there were times we didn't have hardly anything to eat. We didn't have a toilet, running water, electricity, and everything else. Had to listen to her mom cry on Christmas because we didn't have electricity and she didn't have any Christmas presents for us. And all I wanted was for her to not cry. That's all I wanted. And then to blow millions of dollars because they're up there bickering, who's going to be in charge, Democrat or Republican? It's nonsense. It's nonsense. Or are we going to have to pick up like our forefathers did and grab a daggum gun and say, look, this is our country. This is going to stop. If they keep doing the things that they're doing, they're going to push a civil war. They're going to make it happen.
3: Trump has made recent references to increasing the presence of police and military personnel within the country That's something that many dictators say and do when moving forward to taking over a country. (laughs) So that makes me nervous. I think he's mentally unstable and has a dictator complex. And I don't think he thinks he has to work with inside the realms of government. And separating children from caregivers is a violation of the United Nations Declaration on Indigenous Peoples. I took my kids Cedar Rapids to protest what's going on uh, in these ICE detention centers. Afterwards, my son Alden had some questions about the event and had a little bit of fear. After the rally on Friday, you were saying that you were nervous and you were kind of scared.
5: I felt like they were going to take me.
3: But you're a legal citizen in this country. You were born here. So they have no reason to take you out of this country. Okay. okay, so you're safe. However, a lot of people aren't safe.
5: I just feel bad for them. I flipping hate Trump.
3: Yeah, he's kind of a mean guy, isn't he?
5: If I were was I allowed to say the D word right
3: now, I'd say that. The D word. What's the D word? <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I don't think you've ever said that to me. <laughs> My son is is hilarious. He's nine. And just a few months ago, like, I was sort of teasing him a bit. I'm like, so are there any, you know, anybody you're interested in, like, at school? You know, like, I try not to gender it. He said, well, yeah, there was this girl that I liked last year. But then it turned out that she liked Trump and she was a Christian. So I didn't like her anymore. (laughs) And I didn't know. (laughs) I didn't know what to say. I was like, I had to have a huge conversation with him about that and help him understand that it's the Christian ideologies, it's um, the infiltration of Christianity into our political lives and what Christianity has done to indigenous people that's really harmful. But, you know, individual Christians, like you have to give them a chance and get to know them first before you make that judgment, you know. Of course, they all think we're going to hell. So, I mean, I kind of have a problem with that. I mean,
2: (laughs) my name is Kelly Hansel Haywood, and I am an Appalachian or Eastern Kentuckian and I live in Whitesburg, Kentucky. My dad is still a coal miner. I'm the first of five generations to not have worked in coal. (laughs) Anytime I've traveled and when I lived outside of the region, I would be publicly made fun of and humiliated for my accent and for being from where I'm from. It doesn't matter that I have a master's degree As soon as I open my mouth and they can tell that I'm a hillbilly, then there's a level of disrespect there that is hard to see past, and it hurts. I learned from going outside of the region that various cultures are beautiful, and it takes a lot to really understand them. And we can't learn anything well, really well, from what we see on television.
3: It is Thursday, February 6th. Historic victory for President Trump in the impeachment trial. The Senate acquitting him on both charges.
2: This was a straight party line. I have tried to avoid political conversations with family members. Well, especially with my father. We do discuss certain things, but I'm very, very careful in how I discuss it with him. In the 2016 presidential election, I voted for Hillary Clinton. I would have rather voted Sanders. One way I described why I could not vote for Trump is his statement, grab them by the pussy. I have three daughters. Would I ever want someone who is an authority figure to have those kinds of conversations with my daughter absolutely not so i can't in good conscience elect a man who sees women that way
7: i am your host Rush Limbaugh, a household name in all four corners of the world. The telephone number,
6: if you want to be on the program After is
7: all this impeachment, after all the Russia stuff, Trump's approval rating is at an all-time high. One of the lessons that I see being learned
1: by a whole lot of Republicans. I'm Lori Levi. I am an avid Trump supporter. I voted for him in 2016 and will do it again in 2020. I am driving home from the rally that Trump had in New Hampshire. In fact, you're cutting into my rush time here, so know your privilege that I'm letting you cut into my rush time.
6: (laughs) You usually listen to Rush Limbaugh on your drives?
1: I do between 12 and three. I I like how he explains things. You know, he, he takes something that seems like it should be complicated and makes it simple. It makes it a little easier to understand. And then I'll listen to somebody else, you know, that has maybe an opposing or an alternate view to kind of get both sides. I listen to NPR as long as I can tolerate it for about 15 minutes and then I usually switch off. So I cannot kind of understand when you watch like just two, four or seven, you can see why people would be so anti-Trump because that's all that's drilled into their head. Anti this, anti that, hate Trump, hate Trump. Just past Albany, New York. We'll see how far I make it tonight. I'll try to make it at least across the state before the snow hits. I live in Canton, Michigan. I support the president by traveling different states and countries and selling his merchandise and donating to his campaign. We did Mississippi, we did Georgia, or no, we did New Jersey, New Hampshire, all of those. Oh, Orlando. We have a two-day window that I'm home right now, so I just got in 5,000 items. Then I'm putting together all these orders before I leave. This is some of the shirts that we print. Hats. Uh, This one is one of our newer ones. It's a top seller. Promises made, promises kept. Trump deplorable 2020. Pro-life, pro-God, pro-gun American. Melania Trump, our first lady. It's her picture with an American flag behind it. And it's just that she is a very classy first lady. She reminds me of a Nancy Reagan. You know, different time frame. But Melania Trump is definitely a class act, for sure. You don't see her running around with shorts on, looking like, you know, some of our other former ladies have done. And I'm not a fan of the Obamas in any way, shape, or form. Not just their politics, but personally. Trash talk my country, and you're sitting in the White House? You know, that's just wrong. Everything you've been told has been a lie. Russia, Russia, Russia. That was a lie grand slam evidence, the president did something impeachable. That was a lie. Or if it is true, it's not as disastrous and the world isn't falling. Trump is so dangerous. Um, well, considering we've renegotiated NAFTA, we, unemployment is down, jobs are up, incomes up, housing is up. So what part of dangerous is he? China says the number of people infected by a mysterious respiratory virus has more than tripled over the weekend. There are now 218 confirmed cases of the new coronavirus, most of them in Wuhan, where the outbreak originated.
0: You are listening to Diaries of a Divided Nation 2020, a special presentation from KCRW's Left, Right & Center. You can subscribe to Left, Right & Center wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Diaries of a Divided Nation 2020, a special presentation from KCRW's Left, Right, and Center.
6: Uh, my name's Vic Harris, and I am in Trussville, Alabama. I'm currently out on a walk. Oh. Sorry, sorry. I just saw... <laughs> like a bird just flew right past my face. <laughs> huh. I was born in Berlin, Germany. My uh, parents were military, so we spent a couple of years over there when I was younger. I'm 25. Oh, I'm black, I'm bisexual, and non binary, and um, I think that about covers it. When we finally came back to the States, and I think I was six or seven, we were down in Louisiana, and I remember visiting my grandma. And I was hanging outside and other black kids were making fun of how I was talking. Uh, You sound like a white person. Like, why do you talk like that? Et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's my earliest memory of, like, just this racial tension between people. My parents were... um, very diligent in trying to make sure I understood like the history of my people, the history of racism and whatnot in America so I could understand where it was coming from along with the talk about police and how to handle them as soon as I started driving. Well, before I started driving.
0: Here are your top stories for Sunday, February 23rd.
1: Now to a deadly shooting that's inflamed racial tensions in a Georgia community. Tonight, video has surfaced of an African-American man being chased down and killed. His family says he was just out jogging.
7: This cell phone video captures the final moments of Ahmad Arbery's life. While he- I
6: don't think I really have the energy to, like, get into a lot of this conversation with people in a situation that could have been me. Could still be me, depending on the day and who sees me jogging and something. And I'm very masculine presenting. I currently live in, like, a really nice neighborhood that is predominantly white. The people I have met are really nice, but I was just kind of living in, like, a I don't want to say, like, an idyllic paradise. That's not it. But it was just, like, how white people (laughs) live. When they're just like, yeah, I'm just going to go for a run. I don't really have to worry about something like this happening. Like, my brain was just like, quote-unquote, nice gated neighborhood. It's fine. You're fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about any of that social activism stuff as it pertains to you as a person and your surroundings. And I guess this whole thing just kind of shocked me out of that.
5: Hello, it is Nara, and it is currently March 5th. I'm in my car, and I'm driving
0: six people have died all in washington state four of them residents of a nursing care facility near seattle
5: washington is is like considered like the center of the coronavirus in the u.s our orchestra our orchestra teacher is um in quarantine for 14 days charlaine school district yesterday decided that they would cancel all evening events I was supposed to go to a women's march meeting. After an emergency call yesterday, our team has decided to cancel the march.
1: We begin this morning where we will most likely begin for some time to come. The many fast moving developments with the coronavirus, changing public life as we know it. The U.S. is under a national state of emergency.
7: Prayer on the times of pandemic from the Roman ritual. Deal not with us, O Lord, according to our sins.
1: And, and take not vengeance, vengeance on us because of our misdeeds.
7: Help us, O God, our Deliverer. I work hygiene, out of my home and have done so for a long time, we're and like we homeschool the kids, so we're built for quarantine. This is a little bit old, but necessary in our case, particularly concerned about our youngest daughter who's recovering from cancer. St. Sebastian, pray for us. So we reverted back to the uh, to the hygiene regime that we had for her when she was actually getting chemo on a regular basis. So that that's a pretty intense system of scrubbing down the house and washing our hands. And in a way, our family's pretty prepared for this because we've we've lived this way for years. One of my daughters wrote on our, we have a big chalkboard, and they wrote, you know, do your part for the war effort. That's what greets us when we come downstairs every day. And it just reminds us that we've been through this before. And, and, you know, you got through it by planting your victory garden. You you know, we started planting tomatoes up back. But we also live in a part of Virginia where, The farmers are close by. I mean, we have lots of sort of farmland around us and we've managed to cut some pretty good deals. They bring meat in quantities such that we actually get the restaurant discount. (laughs) So I will never go back to non-organic chicken. It's incredible. The flavor and the texture of the meat actually feels like you're eating meat, not plastic.
5: Restaurant is doing pretty okay. Obviously, like our sales have gone down. We're just very thankful that we have like Uber Eats and DoorDash and stuff.
7: No in-person, on-site dining or drinking. Jay Inslee had a
5: press conference and my mom just saw it on the news, but she didn't understand what they were saying. So she had to call me and everything. I saw that and I was just like freaking out. And I think I had a lot more anxiety than my parents. My parents were like, oh, it'll be fine. Like, it'll hurt, like they were so scared, but they didn't voice it as much as I did.
4: You know I always said, well, you know, we need to take this thing seriously, and we did. We shut our store down. And we didn't have to. We're takeout. But what they were telling us is the responsible thing to do is shut down and not spread this thing cuz we're the only store in May people come down through this highway from out of town and everything else. So we would be the highway to the virus.
6: It's actually kind of weird walking around and not seeing anybody outside, like, before COVID and everything happened, when I'd walk around or be on the golf cart. I'd see people all the time. I'd wave. I'd speak. And now it just feels kind of, a uh, kind of barren. There's literally no one out here. There's usually people walking, running their dogs, fishing. Nice, but unsettling. I get all of my, like, press briefing
5: news from Twitter, but I saw... Reporters were confronting Trump for, like, perpetuating, like, racial stereotyping by calling it, like, the Chinese virus and everything. And that just made me very mad, obviously.
4: At first, everybody was mad because he was doing too much and he was restricting people. Oh, I can't believe you're restricting Chinese. You must be racist against Chinese, you know, and everything else. And then later on, the same people... And now saying, well, you didn't act too soon, you didn't do enough and everything. Well, which way do you want it? You want him to act early or do you not? You're gonna accuse him being a racist because he's trying to protect America or not or whatever. He
7: can't be perfect enough for them. Those of us who voted for Trump didn't hire him because we thought he would be a good manager of nationwide crises of this type, meaning the pandemic. We hired him to do other things. To We hired him to break things. We hired him kind of like you bring in the Marine Corps to blow things up and, and go home. So I don't think his style of leadership and he has a style and his usefulness is best, you know, framed by this kind of crisis. He's incredibly combative in these press conferences that he gives and is not very reassuring.
1: You cannot believe the president was telling Americans to put bleach down their throats. (laughs) That's what I heard, but I hope not. It makes no sense.
7: I'm exaggerating here when I say this, but every time he sort of has one of these things and opens his mouth, the stock market plunges 3,000 points. If I were Donald Trump, I'd step behind the experts a little more and let them kind of handle this.
6: I am in Trustville, Alabama at Walmart. So this is the first time I've been to like a big store in like a few weeks. Not a lot, a lot of people. My biggest issue right now, right this second, is that I broke my tongue ring and I don't have a replacement. I see some people with masks, some people with gloves, some people with both, some with neither.
2: (sighs) Beautiful acts of kindness play out every single day and it's a beautiful thing. But I'm also overwhelmingly (laughs) seeing so much judgment and lack of compassion where people are saying, oh, I'm so compassionate because I'm saving your grandmother and yet they're going to call their neighbor names for refusing to wear a mask. That's so double-sided and you're ruining your message to that person not wearing a mask. You will not be able to get through to them at all now for anything.
6: I found a tongue rings. Yes! Got what I needed. <laughs> okay, now to see if there's toilet paper and some other things. I went into the self-checkout line and there are these two Walmart workers, right? And then these dudes are like right next to me, right next to me while I'm checking out. I got my mask on, I have my mask on, I have my gloves on, but they're all up in my space. And one of them's like, hurry up. And I'm like, don't do it just just chill just but i'm like i'm like can y'all back the hell up why are y'all in my space like this like hey. Got
5: my hello it's nara and i'm trying to look at what day it is because i see you so you don't know have i been out of school for a month no i haven't no i haven't it's been like a couple of weeks maybe two or three three i mm, I I no, I think it's three. I have a caramel macchiato from Starbucks, and I'm pretty sure that the ice caramel macchiato has been like designated as like the white girl drink, but genuinely it is pretty delicious. Highly recommend. I am sitting in front of the window and I'm currently reading the Communist Manifesto. My reading of this has been very on and off. Unfortunately, I have a pretty short attention span sometimes when it comes to reading, and I'm literally on. Let's see, I'm on. Page twelve. But again, like it isn't long. It's only like what is it? Like thirty-nine pages long? It's just it's a lot to take in and there's so many nuances within every sentence and yeah. I'm gonna go read more. And play with my dog. Cool. I Good Boy.
4: We were closed throughout the whole entire month of April and I think the last two weeks of March. We almost lost a business. If we hadn't reopened another two weeks, we'd have no business, no money in our savings. We'd be done.
7: This morning, as the US death toll tops 40,000, the debate heating up on how to reopen the country. President Trump announcing plans to invoke the Defense Production hey, Act.
1: Zori Levi, uh, give me a minute to find my pods. They're there. I am on my way to the Trump rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma to support our president. It's been, what, four months since we've had a rally. I mean, people are hungry for, uh, I I guess, for some common sense. If anything, the last two months of lockdowns have done has really put people on notice of how close we are to losing this country to socialists. We've just lived through it, the first experiment of it. When the government controls darn near everything, whether you can go in a restaurant, whether you can do this, whether you can get your hair cut.
4: Our customer of the month this month, him and his wife been married for bukus of years, you know, over 50 years. They live out here and everything else. His wife had been kind of getting in bad shape before all this and all and she got put in the nursing home. Well, he was traveling every day from May all the way to Brownwood, every day, and again, he is an older man, he's in his 90s, and he's traveled every day to go sit with his wife and everything else. Well, now that the nursing homes are shut down, well, he can't go to sit with his wife. And I think now that time is rolling on, he is afraid that he won't get to hold her hand again But I can't imagine. So putting things in perspective, putting all that in and comparing this flu compared to other flus, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I think when people stress and they worry about where their money's going to come from or losing their businesses or or I can't see my wife, will I ever hold her hand again? What kind of stress does that put on a body? And then are they gonna die of that?
1: I survived Corona. I mean, my, my whole family had it. March, we moved our kids to Georgia and my daughter's sister tested positive. And then two or three days later, all of us completely lost our sense of smell and taste. It was very bizarre. You couldn't smell anything from bleach to baby diapers. Kind of was a blessing at time. I had a grandson who was just getting into diapers. (laughs) And then uh, my husband had a residual cough for probably a month. And we both had high fevers that spiked for a day and they would go away. And then it wasn't that bad.
3: I can't even believe that some people are still bitching about wearing a mask. We have populations of Indigenous folks that are being, like, highly affected by this disease. Our elders are way more, like, valuable to us than they are in settler-descendant society. Valuable in terms of the knowledge and traditions and the culture that they hold. The language that they still speak, because so many of them are trying to pass that down to us right now. If we have a wave of sickness that goes through our communities and our elders, like so many of them pass away, the result of that is like just incomprehensible to me. Like how much is going to be lost?
1: The reaction to it and the, the measures they took were worse than that. I think it was actually a ploy to literally destroy the economy. What's his name? Fosse. Fossy. You know, this expert is the one that's telling us, you know, 200,000 people are going to die if we don't do all this. And then the next thing you know, it's, well, maybe our numbers were a little off. It's like global warming. It's all a model, and it's all turned out to be seriously wrong.
3: Before, I had some hope people would respond in the right way and take care of it here. But, like, no, of course not, because we have a f***ing idiot for a president, and we have idiot presidential followers that will do whatever this guy wants them to do and so now we have like what like this like unprecedented rate here in the U.S.
1: I honestly think Trump got played big time with the whole corona thing the deep state it's all behind you know it's there's a playbook that they have it's a communist manifesto it's this is how you destroy cultures you know so Russia didn't work Ukraine didn't work supposedly all these women that he assaulted that didn't work what else can they do they knew that Trump's number one thing that he could run on was the economy because it was the best it's been in decades so now come along COVID let's see what can we do what can we do to stop the spread let's crash let's shut everything down and then this those same Harvard experts that sat there and told us for ever how important it was for social distancing and masks then turn around and say social justice is more important than social distancing so if you're out there protesting for social justice it's okay don't worry about social distancing
0: Oh, oh. Awesome. Tensions between protesters and police reached a boiling point following the death of George Floyd.
5: There have been protests here in Seattle. I was going like every other day from like 11 to as late as I could be there at night. So I was there for like 12, 11 hours every other day with my friends. Take
3: off your right here. I don't-
6: Overnight, more rage and destructions in cities across the world. I wore, like, my black
5: jeans, a black long-sleeve shirt that I got from Costco, and it, like, it retained heat, which was nice um, for, like, those rainy days. I had my face mask on, obviously, and then I had, like, my snowboarding goggles that I use for tear gas. We've been learning a lot of, like, protesting tactics from the Hong Kong protests. So, like, when cops throw tear gas, put, like, a traffic cone over it and spill water on it, or have, like, umbrellas up in the front to, like, deter, like, mace and tear gas and stuff.
6: <sighs> My name is Vic Harris. Protests in Minneapolis. Protests in Columbus. This Black trans guy was killed. I hate it. I hate, I hate that this is something that has to be done. I hate that it's happening right now. We're in the middle of a, of a pandemic. And we can't just get a breather. We can't just we can't just be left alone. And when I say we, I mean black people, we can't just be left alone. We have whole groups of black people out protesting and right now in the middle of a pandemic where black people are being disproportionately affected. And I hate it. I hate that we have to do it. I hate that this is happening. And I don't know and I don't know what to do about it. I don't I don't Am I supposed to be saying something? Do I get in my car and go somewhere? Do I what do I do? What do I do?
7: Steve Bannon refers to Trump voters as as the hobbits, right? And, of course, the goal of of Trump and Steve Bannon and and others, uh, I would include myself on this, is to get the hobbits to vote. Hobbits don't vote. Hobbits stay home. Our job is to get the hobbits to vote.
0: A twelfth day of demonstrations in dozens of cities.
7: When I see protests on this scale, particularly ones that turn violent, and are as dangerous as they are to human beings who are innocent and property is burned. The hobbits in the country don't like that. So the best thing that could ever happen to Donald Trump in our side is to have more of these violent protests. Because the hobbits see that, and we just point to it and say, do you want more of that? Do you want that in your backyard? And they say no, and they vote.
1: On the George Floyd thing, he was murdered. And that police officer should go down for murder. And does everybody have a right to protest? Absolutely. Do you have a right to start burning buildings and looting? No. Can you imagine what the news stories would be if there was a white person killed by a black officer and we took to the streets and started burning buildings? I'm not saying that there isn't racial injustice. I don't understand why they don't, and I'm sure there's some reason why these cities don't keep the black officers in the black neighborhoods, take race out of the equation, but that's, I guess for smarter minds than me, why they don't do that.
6: There's been a lot of rioting and looting and whatnot since George Floyd was killed. And I just really wanted to come on here and say I am pro-rioting and looting. You know what? F*** it up. F- it up. Just, just, up. Just do it. Right? Just do it. I've seen so many people say violence doesn't solve violence. And I'm sitting over here like, maybe... We shouldn't be going on 200-something years of police brutality with no change, right? Like, if the statement is violence doesn't solve violence, you're right. You're right. Police brutality is not going to solve any of this quote-unquote violence, That is being enacted right now with the looting and
7: the rioting. We begin with another day of peaceful protest. Hundreds continue to gather.
1: And I actually didn't take the time to try to see both perspectives. So I read all of the Black Lives Matter website, which was funny because mysteriously after that, links started popping up on my computer that I had never seen. which was black conservatives that have been very outspoken that I had never heard of. That had a different perspective that I had never seen. And uh, that was actually pretty interesting. So I shared a bunch of those on my Facebook.
6: Right now, I'm disgusted. 401 years of oppression, roughly 13 generations that have had oppression and trauma passed down to them. From where I'm standing, the trauma and pain that people have been feeling is coming out. You either understand that or you're part of the problem. (laughs) Before the
2: death of George Floyd, there was Breonna Taylor. It was right here in my home state of Kentucky.
1: Three officers entered Taylor's apartment while she and her
2: boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, were sleeping. Defense attorneys for Walker say he fired in self-defense.
1: They did not identify themselves and they were in plain clothes. You know, here
2: we are raised with guns in our homes. That gun that was used to shoot the police officer in the leg, was used in exactly the way that my dad taught me. When he gave me my first personal gun, he told me that if anyone was to ever come into my home unannounced, in that way, aim for an extremity, so as to put them out of commission in time for me to call for help. The intent is not to shoot to kill, but to shoot to maim. And that's, the exact way that that gun was used in that household. Unfortunately, that was retaliated against. And Brianna was shot multiple times, eight times, I believe it was, and killed. And I immediately thought, had they been white, would she have been killed? And then I thought about myself, if that had been me, would I have been killed? And then, when Mr. Floyd was killed, that just the way that he passed uh, just really hurt my soul. Unfortunately, my children saw the video of George Floyd being killed before I knew that they saw it. And unfortunately, my seven-year-old was sitting with my oldest. When she was watching the video and it has horrified her and she is afraid. She doesn't understand that it's related to race. So I keep thinking about that Mr. Rogers quote, you know, look for the helpers, right? Can I teach her that? Helpers wear uniforms? (laughs) She doesn't believe that now. She believes that they can potentially be the bad guy. And to change her perspective and say, you're not black, so that's unlikely to happen to you. I I just can't do that. I've got to let her feel this out. I can't speak to the black experience. I can only speak to that kid growing up in the holler in central Appalachia the coal miner's daughter you know I can speak to that I feel like I'm being told to be quiet as a white woman we're being asked to listen to listen and to learn and I am definitely trying to do that as best as I can
0: for millions of students. The new school year is already off to a rough start. Amplifying a racist attack on Kamala Harris, questioning whether Picture she's Picture a food truck,
1: and instead of working rallies, we now basically just go from spot to spot to spot. We flip open the window, put up the flags, and people come. <laughs> We've got masks, like your producer sitting here with his mask on. I told him he didn't need it on if he didn't want it. We're not afraid of no stinking virus. But yes, masks are selling like crazy. Our number one seller is the one that says no more bullshit. Trump 2020, no more bullshit. And the president now threatening the funding for the post office to prevent expanded mail-in voting. I wanna be January Nara again because January Nara was
5: excited, she was hopeful, but now like late July Nara is just tired. Not even scared, just just tired of everything. <laughs>
3: I am so scared about November. I am so scared. I have no faith right now that he's not going to
6: win. It might be time to like really dig back into our historical roots when we like revolted against an unjust ruler. Take some pointers from like the French Revolution. And I think people should prepare for that. Stock up on some things. I'm definitely getting a gun and getting better at shooting, just to like protect myself. Um, my girlfriend already knows how to shoot pretty well with a gun and an, and a bow and arrow, so like I'm behind her at this point. I'm like, I need to catch up with you.
7: What do we do after Trump? I mean, this is a big problem. No one's talking about. He's wildly challenged the common definitions of the conservatism that has been the base ideology of the Republican Party. We're in free fall in that sense. We're, we're liking the effects of it so far, but after the fact. It's going to be a very interesting discussion of What do we do next.
6: A teenager from Northern Illinois will face first-degree homicide charges in connection with the killing of two demonstrators last we night. We can
4: be friends, we can get along, we can be great neighbors and still have a difference of an opinion. I don't think people realize anymore, but we can.
1: There is not a shot in hell of Biden winning this election unless they steal it with mail-in voting. The only possible way that Biden wins is if it's outright fraud and you will see a revolution because we know they are trying to steal the election. Former White House advisor Steve Bannon was arrested this morning on charges. He defrauded donors in an online fundraising campaign to pay.
2: I think our political system is broke, (laughs) straight broke. I don't care if Biden wins. I don't care if Trump wins. It's broke. It's gonna get really, really bad before it gets better.
4: I'm afraid of a civil war. I'm really afraid of that. I, I hope it don't ever come to it, but more and more it seems like it's leaning toward that and I'm afraid of that.
2: The more that we can meet in spaces like this where we're just sitting down to listen, I think, the more we come to understand each other.
4: I don't know if anything I say or do is going to matter to a hill of beans, but uh, at least I appreciate the opportunity to be able to, to say what I got to say.
5: You have been listening to Diaries of a Divided Nation 2020, a special presentation from KCRW's Left, Right, and Center. The stories in this program were reported by Elizabeth Nakano, Max Green, John Facile, Heather Claiborne, and Jesse Dukes. The lead producer of this program was Alex McInnes, and co-producer Elizabeth Nakano. The program was edited by Sonia Geis, mixing by Alex McInnes, music by Erwin Helfer. The executive producer of this program was Jesse Dukes. on, you're not helping. This is supposed to be silent. <laughs> Special thanks to Elizabeth Travol, Emma Cortland, Chinaki Mehta, Eileen Guo, and Sarah Faye. And, of course, all the thanks in the world to Christine, Christopher, Kelly, Lori, Nara, Sunny, and Vic for sharing your stories. The views they have expressed in this program are their own and do not reflect any organizations with which they are affiliated.
0: Okay, bye!